0: Hey everyone, this episode of SwitchCraft is brought to you by Patrons. Support SwitchCraft and my other content at patreon.com slash runjumpstomp. Hey everybody, welcome to SwitchCraft. John emailed and said, How awesome is the ARMS theme song? It just gets me so pumped. I think it fits very well. And I find myself leaving the game on the title screen often just to listen to the music. I'm having a blast with arms so far. Finally beat Grand Prix Level 4 so I can get my butt kicked online now. Hopefully, I can catch a stream soon and get my butt kicked by you. It would be an honor. I'll add you, to the, on, the, I'll add you on Switch later today, and hopefully, I'll see you in the ring at some point. I think my name in there is just Fox. Thanks for the podcasts. Keep them coming. My Doc socks should be in the mail soon. Thanks again for your hard work. All right, let's talk about a couple things that John said there. First off, the ARMS theme song, incredibly, uh, it's an earworm. You just can't get that song out of your head. Um, At the end of the show, I'm going to actually put in uh, a song or a a rock version of that song uh, made by the, uh, oh gosh, who is it? Um, Shady Cicada. Uh, is really good. He's got a bunch of different covers of uh, Nintendo music, but I'm gonna put that in at the end of the show so you guys can hear it. It's really good. Arms is awesome. Uh, John had had talked about how that he finally beat Grand Prix Level Four. Now I don't actually remember if I talked about this on the show or not, but I had some serious struggles with Grand Prix Level Four. I had decided that I was I, I was fighting some helixes, uh, in the online mode, and I thought to myself. You know he moves really weird, and I think the best way for me to better understand how to counter some of his stuff is to play as him for a little bit. And I figured, well, I gotta play through level four. I'd already unlocked level one, but I have to play through level four in order to unlock ranked mode. So I figured that would be a safe way for me to learn Helix is against the computer. Man, oh man, was I wrong? Cause level four. No joke. If you haven't already done it, um, you, especially using Helix and his default arms, I had a really tough time finishing that. But I did. I did finish it. I unlocked it. Um, and I even, You can find the video on my Twitch page. Uh, but, man, Grand Prix is really good. I've tried level 5. I've only gotten past the first guy in level 5 once. It's very difficult. Uh, I like the challenge, though. I'm having a lot of fun with it. Uh, He also said that, um, where was it? Oh, my dock socks should be in the mail soon. So, for those of you that aren't aware of what he's talking about, my wife has an Etsy page where she makes Nintendo Switch dock socks, which are basically these cloth things that go over the front of your um, Switch dock uh, to make it look cooler under the TV. Uh, So, definitely check out the links in the uh, show notes so you can uh, check those out. Uh, She also makes zippered pouches. Anyway, uh, big thanks to John for the email. Uh, and hopefully you and I can battle it out and see who is worst, worst, who is worse, uh, at arms, uh, spoiler, probably me. One thing that we saw at E3 this, uh, last week was Dragon Ball Z, well, Dragon Ball Fighter Z, uh, was announced at E3 and it looked really cool. Uh, it looked like you were playing the cartoon it was an absolute spectacle to behold. Like the game looks beautiful. There was no mention of whether or not it was coming to the Switch. Well, uh, Bandai Namco uh, is br- is bringing this game. It's actually the real game. The real name is called uh, Dragon Ball Fighter Z. All right. It's uh, not planned for the Switch, uh, however. Uh, f- there's a French website called Game Blog, and they actually talked to the producer, Tomoko Hiroki. Hopefully I didn't uh, butcher that name. Uh, and he said that it's not because the system's technical spec- specifications are too low or that the Switch is, uh, ha- has uh, too little power in order to run it. Uh, he said Hiroki uh, ended up saying that there's no trouble porting the game over, and there's no there there wasn't any trouble porting Dragon Ball Xenoverse 2 over either. Um, he he said that right now, if if fans show their interest, they could bring it over, but you know he's not sure if the interest is there, so he needs to hear from you guys apparently. Uh, so make sure that if you are interested in playing Dragon Ball Fighter Z, which is a 2D fighter uh, on the Switch then make sure that you let uh, Bandai Namco and Arc System Works, let let them know that that's what you want. Uh, He did warn people, though, that, hey, even if we do bring it out, it's probably not going to come at the same time as the other systems, because development takes a really long time uh, to to get these games out uh, at at certain times. They plan them years in advance. Uh, So, the Switch wasn't even unveiled until January, so that, there's no big surprise that it's ha- going to take more time for uh, publishers to bring these games to the Switch. Well, excuse me, princess. Yuji Nakamura, who is a tech reporter for Bloomberg in Tokyo, uh, he actually got a chance to interview Reggie Fils-Aimé about uh, E3, And the quotes that he was releasing is that Metroid Prime 4 will be a first-person adventure. And the Pokemon RPG is a traditional find, battle, train type experience. This is really good stuff to hear. Um, Now, again, when we look at the Metroid Prime series, it's been a first-person game. It's really funny. When Nintendo first... Well, when there was first a leak that Metroid Prime, the original one, was a Metroid game that is a first-person game, people were very concerned as to whether or not the developers had the ability to take the experience that was Metroid and translate it into a first-person style game. And a lot of people had their doubts, myself included. Uh, And we were all proven wrong. Retro Studios did an amazing job... Uh, capturing the feel of Metroid and putting it in a first-person experience. The fact that they're going to continue with the first-person adventure is great. I'm very happy to hear that. I think a third-person adventure would be uh, a a bad thing for Metroid Prime 4, and it's good that it's continuing in the same line. Now, that being said, that doesn't mean that they can't do something else uh, to change the game up. We don't know if it's just like Metroid Prime, or if it's more of a uh, survival horror style game, my guess is it's going to be along the same lines. Now, please keep in mind, it's not actually being made by Retro Studios. This is made by some other company, and Retro is currently working on some other game that unannounced that we don't know about. Um, like I said before, he also sa- talked about Pokemon RPG. And said that it's going to be coming to the switch and that it is a traditional fine battle train type experience. I am really excited for that. i'm I'm more excited for that because it shows that they understand what people really want from a Pokemon game. Then I'm excited to play it myself because I don't know if I will end up getting the Pokemon game for the switch. I'll get it for my son, well, here's the thing. They tend to make Pokemon games in in twos or in pairs, right? And the last couple, I've gotten a copy for myself and a copy for my son, and we kind of sit on the couch and play together. So while I personally am kind of sick of playing the Pokemon games, I will probably still buy it, and I will probably still play it, just so I can have that same sitting on the couch, playing Pokemon, he plays Sun, I play Moon, that kind of experience... We, you know, I catch a Pokemon and I show it to him, and I was like, Do you have this one yet? And if it's a duplicate, then I send it to him and we trade back and forth. It's a really fun experience. And if you've got kids, uh, I highly recommend that if you have access to multiple switches, uh, I highly recommend that you, you check that out. Um, here's my question Are we going to see whatever it is that's on the Switch? Are we going to see a low res version of the same Pokemon game? On the, on the new Nintendo 2DS so that they can use the same game, the same story, the same systems, just different engines, or maybe even the same engine uh, on both systems? I mean, back when they announced the NX, uh, Satoru Iwata, he said, I want you to think of the NX as a family of systems, and we've streamlined our development System, um, our, our development process in order to make it so it's easier for us to move assets between the different systems. So, I'm wondering if Pokemon RPG is going to be, you know, a Switch first game, but then also ported to the 3DS or 2DS family. Uh, that's the question. Um, I'm sure that it will have. Here's another question Is the Pokemon game going to have a Pokeba- Pokebank support? And will the Pokebank support? Um, transfer from 3DS to the Switch? That's another question. Um, if you don't know what PokéBank is, basically, when you play Pokémon, you can spend, I think it's $2 a year. It's really cheap. Uh, and then what you b- can basically do is store your Pokémon in the cloud. Uh, is that PokéBank experience going to transfer from the 3DS to the Switch? That's a very important question because right now, I don't know if you're aware, but there are like seven or 800 Pokemon. And if you've already caught 800 of them and they introduce another 50 in the new game, are you going to want to go out and catch 800 Pokemon again? I don't know. I mean, to me, in Pokemon games, I don't care about the story. I think the story is dull, but I just like the collection of it. I like going from place to place, um, seeing, I really liked in the most recent one, um, moon, I think it is. Yeah. Pokemon moon, where when you went into a map, it showed, okay, well, these are the six Pokemon that you can find in this map, go find them. And as you found them, it kind of checked them off. I really liked that. It, it, It really gave me something to shoot for that. I wanted to capture everyone that I could find in each area. Um, by the way, I did not succeed in that. I got bored eventually and stopped playing, but That's probably because my son got bored and started playing something else. Uh, So anyway, Metroid Prime Forest is going to be a traditional first-person adventure, and Pokemon RPG is going to be a traditional RPG, and that's really good to hear. Game Informer recently had a chance to speak with producer of Splatoon 2, uh, Hisashi Nogami, and the lead programmer of the same game, uh, Shintaro Sato, uh, and they talked about out of character for once, Uh, they talked about Splatoon 2 a little bit. So I'm just going to go over the main bullet points. I'm not going to read the whole thing. If you want to read the whole thing, uh, just click on the link in the show notes and you can check it out. By the way, before I get started, um, just a heads up, the official Splatoon 2 website is now up and you can check that out. And again, the link is in the show notes. All right. So the first question they said, Our game informer asked is, I had a chance to play Salmon Run. It was surprisingly difficult. Was there any concern about making it too difficult when you have such a broad player base with so many casual players? Uh, Nogami then replied uh, that on the show floor, they have a a local version of Salmon Run with four players together in that physical space. So that means you can easily talk to each other. OK, he said that they also have an online version of of, uh, Salmon Run in the game. And by the way, if you don't know what Salmon Run is, it's four-player co-op against, it's basically horde mode. uh And if you're not sure what horde mode is, you you have a platform, the monsters are coming at the platform, you have to defend that platform as long as you can, basically. um Anyway, as I was saying, the online version of Salmon Run is not available to you when you first start the game. You're going to need uh, to get some experience in multiplayer first, first before accessing it so you gotta you gotta already know what you're doing in the game before you can jump in with horde mode um then he said that uh when you start off the game there's a quick tutorial that that tells you what you have to do uh in multiplayer and you can continue learning how to how to do that there so that's really good uh i think that once we get more uh, information on the voice chat, the, this stuff that's a little murky right now will become a little clearer. He he finished up by saying, uh, the goal is not to just throw players into the fire of Salmon Run right away and come up with strategies for these newly appearing enemies on the fly, but instead to teach those strategies for taking, for taking down boss Salmonids first, and when they have that shared knowledge, to put them in the mode. So, my guess is maybe we'll even see some stuff in the single player to help teach us. And that's what Nintendo tends to do with its multiplayer games is they have single player to teach you to play. And then it's not just Nintendo that does that. Everybody does that. Uh, you learn how to play in single player and then in multiplayer you execute. Um, that's why boys and girls, you should not load up the game and immediately jump into only online, play the single player a little bit first and learn the game so that you're not ruining everybody else's game. All right. Um, Let's see, they asked about boss characters, but I'm not going to read that part. Oh, This is interesting. Uh, The next question is, "The the implementation of Miiverse in the first Splatoon was sort of bizarre and interesting. You see everything from people leaving funny messages on walls of your plaza to conspiracy theories. Is there any sort of implementation of a sharing messages like this in Splatoon 2 since there is no Miiverse on the Switch? Uh, Nogami replied, that's a good question. It's nice to hear that you enjoyed that ability to post messages and artwork. We are, um, as you pointed out, we don't have Meverse on the Nintendo Switch, but we have made sure to allow players in the same way to post artwork on the ground and walls or messages with other players. So I think players will be able to continue communicating in an indirect fashion and seeing what players from other Splatoon 2 community are thinking. That's kind of interesting. I wonder if you'll be drawing it on the phone or if they're going to include like a drawing app on the game in order for you to um, to do that. That's very interesting. I wonder how that's going to work. All right. Um, another way that the Plaza got... Oh, uh, this is back to Game Informer asking. Uh, another way that the Plaza got personality and updates with Splatfest. Uh, will we see new surprises with Splatfest this year? How do you keep that party-like atmosphere exciting? Um, I'm not going to read the whole thing. He just says, first of all, we are definitely planning to continue Splatfest in Splatoon two. You can rest assured that while we'll give you more detailed information later on on what that may may look like, we'll be decorating Inkopolis square in a party and festive way, which is cool. All right. Uh, let's see. Why did you decide to keep voice chat to friends and other close players as opposed to just general matchmaking? Um, I think that they've actually tackled this before, but he says, I think it's appropriate to say that we think voice chat is a type of communication. That's not necessary necessarily required for players to enjoy the game. And I think that he's right. I've played Splatoon one quite a bit. Um, there's not a lot of communication that has to happen. However, I think that it's more important in things like uh salmon run. Uh, but that's just my opinion. Uh, he said, uh, it's true that in the development of its community, there have appeared a number of high level players and players who want to take the game more seriously. For players like that who want to take their communication and coordination to the next level, we wanted to answer their expectations by including something like voice chat. It's also natural uh, to talking to your friends is fun. So even for the players who are serious, so even for the players who are seriously minded, we've realized that being able to share the experiences via voice chat is fun, and we wanted to make that possible for them. Uh, so that's why they are including voice chat as an option uh, without giving people the feeling that you need voice chat in order to play Splatoon 2. Um, also, you, you just I think that they would have been better off had they included voice chat for everybody and given me the option to say only chat with friends. Don't make that decision for me. Uh, that's just my feelings on it, Nogami. And I, I hope you're listening and that you change everything just because to, to, to meet my whims. Um, well, me and a lot of other people. Um, okay, uh, let's see. Is there anything else that we want to uh, talk about here? He says, oh yeah, this is actually figu- uh, funny. He says uh, that... Splatoon series of Amiibo will work with with Splatoon 2. So you can get the first series, uh, in a way, into the second series. So they they still work. Uh, then they asked, D- do you want to have a Mario hat for your inkling? And Nogami said, it is true, after all, that the world of Splatoon 2... This is a world where human civilization has fallen and has been 12,000 years of evolution since that time. Well, I didn't realize that there was that much lore in the game, but okay. Uh, He says it could be that if someone were to uncover or excavate a hat like Mario's, that it might be possible. We can't cancel out that possibility entirely. It's also worth mentioning that you can use Splatoon 1 Amiibo in Splatoon 2. So... I wonder if you can scan in a Mario amiibo and get like Mario cloth Mario themed clothing for your um Squid Kids or whatever they're called, I forget. Uh I think that, that would be neat as long as the stats on the gear weren't overpowered. You don't want to turn this game into a pay to win scenario where you gotta have the Mario um shirt. And you got to have the Bowser shorts and you got to have the Wario hat and the uh, Sonic the Hedgehog shoes in order to be the top player. Uh, You know, you don't want to have the meta influenced by by DLC. That's just my opinion. Um, I think that that's the most important questions answered. If you again, if you want to read the whole interview, just check out the link to the show notes. Uh, and that's it for Splatoon 2 today. All right. Arms, while doing very well, did not hit the top spot in uh, the UK. This was submitted in the Discord, and I f- I did not write down who submitted that. Who was it? It was Kodiak Moonwolf. Thank you very much, Kodiak Moonwolf, for submitting that in the Discord. If you want to submit stories to the discord all you got to do is go to runjumpstomp.com slash discord and we can talk about the stories that you submit as well all right so what are the top 10 titles in uh the uk uh top charts for video games well it starts with horizon zero dawn at number one and then arms at number two uh gta 5 is number three and i will let you read the rest um The Horizon Zero Dawn one, that's the one that surprises me. But I think there's a couple of reasons as to why uh, this game beat out ARMS for uh, sales. And I'm not making excuses. I'm just saying this is probably the reasons. Uh, So first off, there's a lot more PlayStation 4s out there than there are Switches. There's many. I think they've said that they've sold 60 million PS4s. So that's a bigger pool of people, of of possible customers to buy a game. That being said, that game came out the same month as Zelda, so it's been out for a while now. The fact that it's back on the top list is very, very interesting. Now, why do I think it's back on the top list? Uh, Again, there's a lot more people who can buy it because there's a lot of PlayStations out there, not too many Switches out there yet. The, The Switch is still selling very well, though. Uh, in fact, we've been told to expect throughout the year shortages. So if you find one and you don't have one yet, I suggest you buy it because you might not be able to get one, uh, if, uh, early indications or anything, I guess. Um, and this is an aside and then I'll get back to this, uh, the, the original story. Uh, I guess Nintendo is currently competing with Apple to get memory for the switch. So, Apple orders a lot of memory, like ridiculous amounts of memory. And with their iPhone 8 coming out at the end of the year, the Switch is... Nintendo's having trouble competing, I think. And they're just having trouble getting the stuff that they need in order to make the systems. So that's why it's going to be hard to find, I think. Anyway, let's get back to the story, which is Horizon Zero Dawn and why it beat out ARMS. Um, so first off, a lot more PlayStations out there. I've already said that twice now. Let's move on. Uh, the second reason... E3, they they showed off DLC for Horizon Zero Dawn. Uh, they showed Aloy walking around in like a snowy area. It looked really cool. And by the way, if you haven't played Horizon Zero Dawn, beautiful game. Like, there are very few games out there, I think, that could rival how Horizon Zero Dawn looks. It is an, it is an achievement as to how beautiful that game is. Uh, that being said when I played it, I played it right after beating Zelda, and it failed to hold my interest. I didn't really care about the characters as much, and not being able to climb whatever I felt like climbing was very frustrating to me, so I just kind of put it away, and I might come back to it later. Uh, But it's a beautiful game, and you should definitely check it out if uh, you like open-world adventures with RPG elements. Anyway, uh, the next reason why i think it did so well is it had its uh price reduced so it is actually on sale uh now i can't find in this story uh which is on eurogamer.net i can't find on this story what the price was um but you know having it on sale and having an e3 announcement and having lots of customers that can buy it for their system uh, you know that's like a perfect storm of things and it's going to push just about any big game to the top. Uh, That being said, even though the the Nintendo Switch only has like three to four million consoles in the wild, ARM still has the number two spot in Europe or in uh, in the UK sales charts. So that's pretty good. All right, this uh, came out last night. I didn't know about it until this morning, but Nintendo Switch has updated the firmware to 3.0.0. Uh, and let me just go through the changelog basically. Uh, so, your Nintendo news channel uh, basically just has an amalgamation of everything that they feel like telling people about. Uh, now, what you can do is you can register a specific channel for a specific game to your news channel. So, let's say that you are really interested in stuff about Super Mario Odyssey. You can click on that news channel and you'll find out more stuff about that in the news section on your Switch. Uh, but perhaps you aren't interested in PokeN Tournament at all. Uh, you can not subscribe to that and that news probably will take a back seat uh, as news stuff comes out. Um, you can also add friends from your Nintendo 3DS and Wii U friend list. And it doesn't even say on here, but also mobile. So like mitomo or... Super Mario Run, uh, that kind of stuff. And basically, in order to add the friends, you just go to your My page and then you go to Friend Suggestions. And anybody who you're friends with on these other platforms, if they have a Switch, you can easily add them, which is really awesome. This is a really interesting feature that I did not expect. I don't think anybody did. But you can use the Switch. To find your controllers so the joy cons are very small and let's say that you've got a nine-year-old who's playing on the couch and then you tell him hey it's dinner time he comes up and sits down for dinner and then afterwards he can't find the controllers well maybe they fell on the couch or maybe he was carrying them with him and left them in the kitchen and and now you don't know where they are well that's okay all you got to do is on your main menu, go to controllers, go to find controllers. And if you tap on the controllers, the paired controllers on your menu, the uh, the controllers will vibrate so you can find them, which is really cool. Boy, I wish that Apple TV had a thing that did that because there can't, I can't count the number of times that I've lost the remote to my Apple TV because it's so small. I even bought a case, uh, like this little rubberized case that has like a string on it uh for my Apple TV remote because it's so easy to lose. I haven't lost it since I got that case either. So that's good. It seems like it's working. But we don't want to have cases on our uh on our on our um Joy-Cons. So anyway, that's a cool feature and it's surprising. Uh you can change the user icon order so on the top left if you have multiple people using the same switch, you can change the order in which they, they use them. You can also change your user icon to some to some Splatoon 2 characters. I don't know if there's uh, the availability of ARMS characters. If not, there should be because the ARMS characters are really cool looking. You can now, and this is pretty cool, you can now change the volume of the switch without touching it through the, just using the controllers. This doesn't work when it's in docked mode, because when it's in docked mode, the game is assuming that you're going to be changing the audio volume through the TV, like turning the TV volume up and down. Um, But let's say you're playing in handheld mode. The Switch has a weak kickstand, like the kickstand is flimsy, and I hate turning it like if I'm playing in handheld mode, which I do way more often than I thought that I would. Uh, I don't like turning the volume up and down. I always kind of pick up the switch to to adjust the volume because I don't want to push on it and break the break the kickstand off because it's so flimsy. Um, So now all you got to do is you hold down your home button, it brings up the quick menu and the volume will be right there and you can increase it or decrease it without touching the switch, which I think is really cool. They also gave you the ability to lower the maximum volume for headphone or speakers connected through the audio jack. Uh, this is really cool if you've got kids. And, you know, when I was a kid, I listened to music really loud all the time. I listened to everything really loud all the time. And, you know, as an adult with kids, I'm always telling my kids, turn that down, turn that down. Well, if I want, I can put the headphones in. Set it to the appropriate volume and say, don't go higher than this and, or require my passcode to go higher than this. And then my kids can't turn it up too loud. I think that's really awesome. And, you know, give me options. Give me options. Don't make, op- don't make um, decisions for me. Just give me options. And related to sound, uh, I saw some Reddit threads that actually said that they have increased the volume, like the game, the games are actually louder when you're playing now which is very surprising. Uh, Let's see, what else? Um, Change display colors to invert. Oh, okay. So you can also invert colors or have everything look gray. Now, I don't know why you would want to do this. Maybe it's to deal with, uh, like maybe you're colorblind or something like that. Uh, But if you go into the settings, you can change the display colors to either invert the colors and everything will look like a negative or you can make everything gray. Uh, Either way, cool, I guess. Um, they said that you can use the Nintendo Switch Pro Controller via wired communication by connecting the USB charging cable. I think that this would be mostly useful in tournaments where you are playing a fighting game and you've got a bunch of uh, people playing, you want to have wired connections so that there's no latency. Personally, as a, as a casual player, I've never really run into any issues that I've really been worried about that. They've also given you a way to update connected controllers. My guess is that this is something where they can send an update out to the controllers. Normally, I would be like, all right, whatever. But when I look at all of the updates that the Steam controller has had since it's come out, I'm like, this is great. They can change the firmware of the controllers to make them better, and I like that. Um, They also said added a feature to suggest deletion of software data if there is insufficient space when downloading other software, so if you go to download something and it's like it's it, now it'll be like, hey, your space is full. You want to delete this stuff that you haven't played in ages? Go for it. And I think that's a really good move. By the way, if you've ever deleted something off your Switch, it it, it saves your save data, so you don't have to worry about that, or at least it gives you the option to save your save data. Um, they also said general system stability and and. In, Improvements to enhance the user's experience, including uh, resolved an issue that caused game software updates to fail and prevented the software from starting. Never ran into it. Uh, And then this is a really important one. Improvements to prevent unintended HDMI input change with certain TVs while the console is docked in sleep mode. This is about Samsung TVs. Uh, We've talked about this before on the show, at least I think that I have, and that Samsung TVs have had this issue where when you hook up the Switch, it will, for some reason, just start trying to take over for a second and then go away. Well, apparently that's not going to happen anymore. I'm excited because, check this out, right after I finished streaming Zelda, I decided, okay, I'm going to stream Horizon Zero Dawn on my Twitch page. That's twitch.tv slash runjumpstomp. And when I was playing my PS4, which, honestly, I don't play that often... Um, what I noticed, like I kept getting a black screen and I couldn't figure out why. Well, what I think, and this didn't occur to me until I was at work today and I was reading through these patch notes, uh, on my lunch break. And what I think was the problem was that my switch was plugged in to, um, an HDMI switcher and it was causing the same problem, so I'm going to see. I can't test it now because I have to. Uh, you know, I'm recording now, and I'll I'll te- I'll let you guys know on Thursday's show. But I'm going to see if I've run into the same issue with my with my PS4, where the switch kind of takes over, and it's I couldn't tell because what would happen is the game would just go black screen for a second, and then it would bring my game back up, and I'd be like, "What the heck is happening here? I thought something was wrong with my PS4." But I guess it must have been something wrong with my Switch. So, I mean, it took them three months to get it figured out. Well, three and a half months to get it figured out. But thank God they finally did. So thanks, Nintendo. Uh, Anyway, uh, those are all of the changes for 3.0.0. Make sure that you guys check those, uh, update your systems, and you get all the new hotness. All right, everybody, that's all the time that we have for today. If there's a story that I missed, please let me know. You can do that by shouting at me on Twitter at runjumpstomp. You can send me an email, runjumpstomp at gmail.com, just like John did. Uh, use the subject line Switchcraft. You can give us a call, 260-RUN-JUMP. That's 260-786-5867. And you can talk to me on Discord. I'm constantly in there. It goes right to my phone. And, and I have conversations with listeners all the time on the Discord. Go to runjumpstomp.com slash Discord. And of course, don't forget, stop by the live stream once in a while, twitch.tv slash runjumpstomp. If you're looking for ways to support the show, the number one way that you can do so is by reviewing the show on iTunes. Uh, if you are looking for a free way to support the show, you can use my Amazon affiliate link. Anything that you buy on Amazon does not cost any extra, and I get a, a portion of the of the sale. I still don't know how that works. And then if you have extra money that you just feel like throwing around, uh, head on over to my wife's Etsy shop. That's etsy.com slash shop slash run jump stomp. Or you can join the Patreon and become a patron. Help us out and help support content just like this at patreon.com slash run jump stomp. All of those uh, links and more can be found in the show notes or at runjumpstomp.com slash support. Uh, The music that I mentioned at the beginning of the show by Shady Cicada is coming up right now, and it is the rock remix of the ARMS theme song. Thanks for listening, and I will see you guys next time. Bye-bye.